The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. I got to go back to Saturday and what Tiger Woods did at Riviera in L.A. at the Genesis Invitational. You got to be kidding me. I mean, this guy went off. Only one player, Rom who's like one of the hottest players right now on earth, had a better round in the third round than Tiger Woods. You got to be kidding me. Tiger Woods came into the week ranked number 1294 in the world. 1,294 in the world. He hadn't played in a tour event in seven months. The guy makes the cut on the number and then... He goes out and has a four under 67 to get to three under after 54 holes. His third round score tied for the third lowest of the day. Denny McCarthy had a seven under. Rahm had a six under. Woods, all 47 years old of him, tied for 26th after the third round. <laughs> I mean, the guy was, he was 58 when he started the round. He said, quote, I wanted to get in touch with the leaders today. I was hoping to shoot something a little bit lower than I did, just so I could reach out to them, hopefully, with a low round on Sunday. And I might be a little far away for that. So Woods matched his lowest score to par in a round since he had a 468 after 18 holes of the Masters in November of 2020. I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable what he did. Going into Sunday, it was the first time Woods had played 18 holes in four straight days since finishing 47th at the Masters in April. That was the first event since he got in a car wreck in L.A. in February 21. Woods played just nine rounds in three majors last year. You look at Friday, he had bogeys in three of the last four holes, and he was in massive danger of missing the cut. Somehow he got there, and then he went off on Saturday. He carded an eagle, three birdies, and he didn't have a bogey until the 16th hole. He hit nine of 14 fairways, 12 of 18 greens, and was averaging 306 yards off the tee, just booming shots. He said, quote, I felt like I made some nice adjustments with my putting, and that was the thing that held me back on Friday. I've driven it well the last three days. My iron play has been good. 
and the firm conditions I like. That's kind of right up my alley with iron play. Just wish I could have putted a little bit better on Friday. I made a few adjustments and some of the putts went in on Saturday. So here was Woods making the turn at two under for the round. Had his best shot of the day on the par five first hole after his 316-yard booming drive rolled through the rough. He had a buck 90 uh, left, and he cut his second shot around a, a bunker at the green, and his ball stopped three feet past the hole. It was a beauty. He carded an eagle on what was basically the easiest hole at Riviera to move to four under. On the par three fourth, he ripped a tee shot over to green. With 43 feet left, he made a huge chip from the rough. The ball stopped a foot from the hole. He saved par. On the next hole, he had a 12-foot birdie putt to get to five under on the round. Then he had another incredible chip from the fringe to avoid a bogey on the par three sixth. His lone bogey at a round came on the seventh. When his second shot landed short and left of the green, he chipped up 22 feet, left the putt short to drop back to four under. My boy, his caddy, Joe LaCava, said uh, he had a problem with his shoe. He didn't get a warm up. And he said, I think the only thing he put himself in a bad spot was seven. And that was a matter of three yards. We talked about going 10 feet right of where he did. The guy's human. Other than that, it was a flawless round. He started on the back nine for the second day in a row. He did it Friday, did it Saturday, and he played with uh, Besidenhood Adventure and Matthias Schwab of Austria. Woods got off to a great start, better than the second round, when he carded a three over 74. He had a 60-foot birdie on 10 and nearly nailed a seven-footer on uh, par 5 11th. Schwab said that uh, Besiden Hood and him were talking about how Woods outdrove him on almost every single hole. On 13, Woods' tee shot went way right, and it hit a fan. It ended up in the jacket of a fan, and the guy had it around his waist. So when the guy took off his jacket, Woods was given a free drop. He ended up grabbing a par on that hole. And he almost aced the par 3 14th on Friday, if you remember. His tee shot rolled off the back of the green and settled on the fringe. And then he looked at Schwab's putt, and so Woods stepped up, sank a 24-footer to move to two under on the round. He had birdie putts on each of the next four holes, including an 11-footer on 16 that he misread, but he couldn't get him to fall. He never really was close to getting a, a bogey, and he had a 234 on his first nine. LaCava said the most encouraging thing was that his leg, his ankle, his foot held up with all the stress of playing golf all these days in a row. He said, quote, I think that's where I'm a little more surprised. The golf has been nice, but the fact that he's holding up and looks pretty healthy and not tiring at the end of the rounds is a good sign. We still have more to do. But, I mean, he's been going forever for like 88 straight holes at that point. Up and down, no problem. And people think Riviera is flat, and it is for the most part, but there are some hills. What I've noticed more during the week is he's keeping up with the guys coming off of the tees, not lagging way behind. Now, again, he could just be gutting it out, but he's not going to tell me he doesn't feel good. Bottom line is, Tiger's a badass. 
So now people are already eyeing the Masters at Augusta National April 6th through the 9th. You wonder if he'd be able to play in the players, which is a $25 million purse, March 9th through the 12th at TBC Sawgrass down in Florida. He said he just wants to see how he recovers from a full tournament. He said, I haven't done this in a while. The last time I did it was at the Open Championship back in July, so it's been a while. Hopefully the body will still feel good later next week. And, you know, as of right now, recovery time will be fun. I mean, it really is incredible what he did. And I've said over and over on C2C, he's not going to win any majors. He's not winning tournaments. Uh, I guess I need to eat a hoagie sandwich with crow all over it as sauce. So I wanted to look back to Saturday's top 25 games on top of everything else. Alabama, they were ranked number one going into the weekend, even though they had lost to Tennessee on the road. They blew out Georgia 108 to 59. The Tide now 23 and 4 and 13 and 1 in conference play. Georgia fell to 6 and 8 in the SEC. And Pringle had a big game, 19 points and 12 rebounds for the Tide. Notre Dame gave Virginia all they could handle in Charlottesville, 57-55. Virginia gets by. They're ranked 7th, 13-3 in the ACC. Notre Dame, 2-14 in the ACC. You wonder why Bray's gone. They've had enough of it in South Bend. Clark had 15 for Virginia. Kentucky needed a huge win to really solidify their chances to get into the tournament. They won at Mississippi State, and then they won at home on Saturday at Rupp, 66-54. They held off Tennessee. They led by 20 at the half. They had the big lead. Wallace had 16, six boards, six times for the Wildcats. Big win for them. They're 9-5 and five in the SEC and 18-9 and nine overall. They're going to get into the tournament. What a game in Bloomington at Assembly Hall as Indiana came back from nine down. Illinois kicking their ass all day. Illinois getting all the calls. The refs were clearly on Illinois' side. They must have had action on it. Indiana steals it. Big second-half comeback, 71-68 Hoosiers. They're 10-6 and six in the Big Ten, 19-8 overall. Jackson Davis, 26-12, and three steals for the Hoosiers. I thought the kid Mayer played great for Illinois. The old Baylor player transferred to Champaign. 24-8 and five block shots in the game. I thought he was unbelievable. Miami beat Wake 96-87 in Coral Gables. The Canes 13-4 in the ACC. Wake fell to 9-7. Providence got by Nova in Rhode Island 85-72. The Friars 12-4 in the Big East. How about UCLA? They rock Cal. Bruins ranked fourth. They're 14-2 in the Pac-12. 78-43 all over the Bears. Cal's 2-14. They suck. Baylor and Kansas, a great game at Fog Allen. As the Jayhawks get it done, Rock Chalk, 87-71. They're 10-4 in the Big 12. Baylor fell to 9-5. What a game in Austin. Overtime, Texas beat Oklahoma, 85-83. The Longhorns, 10-4 in the Big 12. Sooners, 3-11. Number 8, Arizona, won at the McHale Center by 10 over Colorado. They're 13-4 in the Pac-12 now. The Buffs fell to 7-10. Kansas State got by Iowa State in Manhattan, 61-55. The Wildcats, 8-6 in the Big 12, and so is the Cyclones. The Zags got it done at Pepperdine, 
97-88 was the final of the Zags. 12-2 in the WCC. Pepperdine, the Wave, 2-12. Xavier beat DePaul 82-68 in Cincy at the Cintas Center. They're 12-4 in the Big East now. BYU, St. Mary's in Moraga. St. Mary's, the Gales get it done by just six. They didn't cover to 10. They're 13-1 in the WCC. Creighton kept rolling. They won at St. John's by 10. They're 12-4 in the Big East. Seton Hall went to UConn. The Huskies got it done, though. 64-55. They're 9-7 in the Big East. The Hall fell to 9-8 in conference play. And Oklahoma State got whacked at TCU by 25-100-75. TCU 7-7 in the Big 12. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner, too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now, he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor? Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.